Hey, everybody. Welcome to the World of CONCACAF podcast. I'm Eric Schmitz. I'm Jonathan Sleep. And I'm Donald Wine. And we are at the news desk because we got big news this past weekend. The FIFA World Cup 2026 uh, announced the match schedule. We don't know teams because the draws happening, you know, a year and a half. We still have to do that pesky qualifying thing. But the skeleton of the the match schedule is set. Uh, Our three host nations, Canada, Mexico, and the United States, found out when and where they're going to play their group stage matches. And we found out how many matches are going to be going to the stadiums in the host cities around North America. So lots to be excited about. The thing is still 28 months away, but we've got some idea of how this is going to look already. Again, new format for the 2026 World Cup. Uh, We're going to 48 teams. They're still going to play the group stage with groups of four. So you're going to play three group stage games. Top two teams and some third place teams are going to go to the round of 32, which is new this time. And then we go to the round of 16, quarterfinals, semifinals, final and bronze medal game, as it was called. Um, Guys, we're going to have a lot of soccer. Yeah, not only. So we're going to have 104 games in 39 days. And in that, we will have 27 straight days of soccer during the World Cup. Because after the group stage, we go right into the round of 32. And from right in the round of 32, we go right into the round of, of 16. There isn't, we won't get those gaps um, in between, between until yeah. we get late, much later in the tournament. Um, and so that is going to be, and then the other thing, as far as format change, like a lot of this is down to the size of the world cup, but the most interesting thing is the gap that teams are going to have, um, mm-hmm. playing games in Qatar. Most teams played every four days. Uh, but this, I mean, we've seen the schedules for both the U S Mexico and Canada, uh, and at least the least break they have is six days. So most of them are seven, if not more. Yeah. So in Qatar, they had in Qatar, they had uh, the U.S. had three games in the span of eight days in this. I believe it's 17 days that they're playing three games. So it's 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 seven days between the two. The first. Yeah, there's there's five or six days between each group. There's a considerable break between which I think is good. It obviously will help with travel. Uh, and as we'll talk about a lot of these, uh, at least for the, the host nations, the, the FIFA took an opportunity to minimize their travel, at least through the group stage. Yes. Um, I think you're going to see some well-rested teams. And like you said, travel, there's been considerations for that. So before we get into the super details. Um, so, yes. So all of the host cities were kind of regionalized. So the groups are intended to stay within the same region to try to cut down travel because much unlike a lot of countries that host the World Cup, and even with Qatar as an outlier, like North America is massive. You can't have teams going from coast to coast between matches. So they're going to regionalize it. Uh, We'll get to the regions and the cities and how many. But first off, the key date. The 2026 FIFA World Cup will kick off on Thursday, June 11th, 2026, at Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. As a Mexican, there's something, 
even Go more ahead. important now. That, that's also my birthday. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're going to be really old when you get around to that one. <laughs> if I'm alive. <laughs> yes. Well, we have to be alive to see the U.S. win the World Cup. You know, so we got to make it to July 26th. Um, so the iconic Estadio Azteca will host the opening match. Um, the Mexico will face a team to be determined uh, in that first match. Uh, it's the first stadium. It's the first stadium to host three openers uh, of a World Cup. They hosted the opener in 1970 and also in 1986. Yeah, that's right. CONCACAF has a, a city like that. I don't see that in UEFA. Mm. Well, mm. don't say that. We haven't looked at the schedule. There's probably a German city that did it or something. I don't know. Anyways, so Mexico City will be the host for the kickoff match for Mexico. Uh, Toronto will be the opening match for Canada, and that will be on Friday, June 12th, 2026. And then Los Angeles will host the opening match for the U.S. national team uh, also on Friday, June 11th, June 12th, 2026. Uh, Canada, Mexico, and the U.S., they're guaranteed to play three group stage matches uh, in their home country. So even though some of the groups might go back and forth, um, everyone will be playing all of their home games. So for Mexico, they're playing two at, at in Mexico City and one in Guadalajara. Canada plays their opener in Toronto before playing two in Vancouver. And the U.S. plays their opener in Los Angeles before going to Seattle and then back to Los Angeles for their other group stage matches. And w- when it came to how that worked, it, talking with Greg Berhalter, uh, he had a press conference after the announcement on TV uh, on Sunday. And what he talked about was they were given some input. Those three host nations were given input uh, a chance to provide input as to what they were looking for. And the main thing that he wanted, he didn't care where in the country he was. As you mentioned, they're split into three regions, West, Central, and East. He just wanted it to be where the travel would be minimized. And uh, there was talk about where we would go and if we would have to crisscross the country. In the end, they made the decision. Uh, the only team that crisscrossed the country was Canada because there's only two uh, Canadian sites. So they basically are, are starting, as you mentioned, starting in Toronto and then going to Vancouver for two. So they decided, Hey, all of these, they, all of these host nations are going to have a home base of sorts for us. It's going to be LA for Mexico is going to be Mexico city and then Vancouver essentially for Canada. So that's how they did it. It doesn't mean that any of the other, uh, other teams, any of these groups, won't have that same thing. Some may have it where they're playing in three different stadiums. Some may have it where they're playing in, in just two, but the idea here is to minimize the travel until the knockout stage happens and people start moving from place to place. Yeah. And as we mentioned previously, um, there's extended gaps between the games. Uh, FIFA's decided there's only going to be four games a day for the first two matches of the group stage. So it's a very spread out first part of the tournament. So I think you're going to see a lot of energetic soccer, which is what we want. It's going to be it's going to be a great tournament. Um, looking forward to that. Uh, the keynotes with uh, the knockout stage again. There's a round of 32. Almost everybody is hosting a round of 32 matches. Uh, I believe we said Guadalajara and Philadelphia 
are the only two without round of 32 matches. Yes, and Guadalajara is the only uh, only city to not get a knockout stage match. They are done after the group stage. Yes, and the two semifinals will be hosted in Dallas and Atlanta. The bronze medal final will go to Miami, and then the 2026 World Cup final will be held in New York slash New Jersey. Um, it is I like the, the karate shot. It, yes, it is the metropolitan New York area. We're giving them credit. Um, but yes, New York, New Jersey, home of the World Cup final. Um, all right. So we don't know. We know when the U.S. is going to be playing. We know where the U.S. is going to be playing. We don't know game times, which won't be set until after the draw. And we don't know matchups, which they've talked about flex scheduling. Like they're going to adjust where certain games fit in based on the matchups to try to maximize for TV and countries around the world, which cool. I get it. But generally we don't, we aren't going to know anything until December of 2025. So knowing that, knowing we're almost two years ahead of any real idea of how this is going to look. Um, what do you, what's everybody's thoughts about where, what we know? I think I'm very glad that the world cup is in the final is in New York, New Jersey. Um, I felt like either that or LA are really the only two places you can put this. Um, there was a lot of rumors that it was going to be Dallas and like Dallas as a city, Texas as a state, um, in no way deserves uh, to have the marquee game of world soccer because, come on, guys, you're just an afterthought to the rest of the world. No one gives a shit about Dallas. Um, I'm coming hard for people. Um, <laughs> but uh, I know. So I'm, I'm excited. I mean, like, New York is one of the greatest cities in the world. Like, I mean, I know it's not technically in New York City, but, like, you know, what better place to put it? You know, for me, I, I'm going to disagree. Um, I think. I if it were me, the way I would have set it up would be having LA and New York host the semifinals and then they meet in the middle in Dallas. But also it's because, hey, this is going to be a summer world cup. As we know, it is very, very hot in a lot of these cities during the summer, including New York, including LA, including Dallas. Dallas has a roof over its head, so it is and it's retractable roof. It's it's you know, climate controlled to sixty eight degrees. So the elements would not have played a part in that one. So you would have gotten, you know, you know, some of the soccer, of course, the elements are going to be at play here in New York. And, and, and to be fair, I, I'm not like dissing New York at all. I think it's great. They got the final. I just thought in my mind, it was going to be Dallas for that very reason. But at the end of the day, Dallas ends up getting the most matches. They have nine matches, New York, New Jersey gets eight. And it's interesting, you know, in certain uh, world cups, you see the place that's hosting the final will get a semifinal. That is not the case here. After the round of 16, New York, New Jersey is done until the final. So it gives them a chance to get the field in shape and, and prepare whatever they need to um, for the final. But I thought that was interesting that they gave them basically a two-week break between uh, between matches so that they could prepare for the final. Yeah, and I do think it's convenient that the final is New York. So that way, after the U.S. wins, the ticker tape parade, like everybody's there. So you don't have to actually. We're go going to Ellis else. Island, baby. We're, we're going to climb. We're going to climb up Lady Liberty. Party, party time. Yeah, that's going. Cool. Um, and 
and they they did say that the kickoff times are going to be um you know cognizant of the weather like it's june and july i don't know if you're aware of the climate in the united states but it is going to be hot like I'm honestly kind of surprised about the Miami getting the bronze medal match because it's going to be July in Miami. And I, unless you're playing at 10 PM Eastern, I like, well, it's be at hot. least, at least the Miami stadium has a roof. Like I'm thinking about, it doesn't, Miami the, doesn't have a roof. I thought hard rock. It, had, it has the roof. No, the it's stands. over the stands, but it's not over the field. Well, not so it's over the stands. That, that, yeah. But what I'm saying is like, I think of um, this isn't Qatar like, where they're pumping in cold air to the well, stadium. I think of like Kansas City. Like Eric, you remember that Gold Cup game? It was 117 degrees with the heat index, and like that's Arrowhead it, has absolutely n- no shade, nowhere. Not for the people. Like there's there's nothing. One interesting thing I do want to call out is FIFA did give us a World Cup match. On the 4th of July in Philadelphia on the 250th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. And the U.S. is in the quarterfinal and they don't get that match. We're, so, we're, so here's the deal. Zero. I don't think they will because if you look at the semi or the quarterfinal matchups, uh, I'm sorry, the round of 16 matchups is Houston, Philly, Mexico City, New York, New Jersey, Seattle, Dallas, Vancouver, and Atlanta. The way that they've been doing it and the way it kind of was hinted at yesterday by Greg Berhalter is that teams that are in a particular region are going to kind of gravitate slowly towards the final, right? So they're not going to, you know, go from the West Coast to the East Coast back to the middle and then end up in a semifinal in Dallas or 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 Atlanta. They're talking about them gradually moving over. So I think that in a way that is a huge miss for FIFA. To, if they don't put that there, um, and they may it, either they're going to make us travel across the country to do it and be in that court in that round of 16, or we're staying on the West Coast and that game is being played on our, on our anniversary and our 250th birthday of America. And that's a huge miss. But I did the other thing that I think is interesting about all this. Uh, when you look at the, what the, what, what venues got what, right? So LA, as you remember, there was a lot of reports that LA was going to pull out completely. And not only did L.A. stay in it, they got eight games, five group stage, two rounds of 32, and a quarterfinal, and they got two U.S. matches out of it. So it's very interesting that they went from not getting any, they were going to remove themselves completely from the World Cup to getting a lot of important games. Yeah. I do, I do wonder how aggressively they're going to start moving teams from the West to the East. Because, yeah, like you said, um, there is that where it's they they're going to keep it regionalized for as long as they can to reduce travel, but eventually it's like how soon do you take the West Coast teams and get them into the Central Zone? Because there's only four venues. There's th- there's one in Vancouver, and then there's Seattle, Santa Clara, mm-hmm. and LA. So there's only four venues, and at a certain point, you have to start considering: do you move in like for the U.S. is the round of 32 in Kansas City? Right. Like, do they stay on the West Coast or do they say, hey, let's take us a little bit further west and we start to gradually move back towards the East Coast in the hopes that we end up in uh, in New York? Or do you keep us out there as long as possible? It's a very interesting question. I think they they appreciate the fact that they're in one time zone. 
uh, mm-hmm. for this. Uh, Greg Berhalter hinted at that. He mentioned that he he likes the fact that so you know the stadium in LA is under a roof, and he actually they actually prefer playing in the rain. They like it a little wet. So if Seattle is its normal climate, that works out well in their favor. He thinks they play well uh, when when they're playing in rain. But I think it's going to be interesting when you start adding time zones to the to this thing. How do you when's the best time to do it? And of course, you're going to like you said, Kansas City, super hot. Yeah, Dallas is covered, but outside, super hot. Houston is a roof, but still super hot. So there's a lot of cities that you're going to where the climate is going to play a role, not just in how you play, but how you prepare. Actually, I think just I'm staring at the schedule right now, just throwing it out there, just throwing it out there. Uh, we talked about how there is no gap between the group stage and the round of 32. The first day of the round of 32, there's only one match, and it is in Los Angeles. But, but the third group stage game will be getting played. The U.S.'s third group stage game isn't the earliest third group stage right. game in the West pocket. So theoretically, they could be moving other teams around. It's possible, but here's the it's thing. Possible. Well, I, I'm looking at the matrix, right? So the, the LA game is on, I believe, the 25th uh, mm-hmm. of June. So that's the third game for the United States. If they qualify for the round of 32, which, you know, of course, we're hoping that is the case. You mentioned that there's one game in LA on the 28th. That's three days after that. If you're thinking if it's the same kind of knockout uh, angle where you're talking about a couple of days or, or sorry, four days or so between games, you're looking at June 30th. I'm sorry. Uh, July 1st, you have a game in Atlanta, a game in San Francisco, and a game in Seattle. That lends me to believe that we would be neither San Francisco or Seattle. But that would then set up for, if they did, it would have to be a very quick turnaround. That's the issue here. If you want to play in Philadelphia, Philadelphia is the very first round of 16 game on July 4th. So you have to hope that they're playing in maybe Houston on on June 29th or maybe even Dallas on June 30th. That's the only way I see that we can get from the end of the group stage to the round of 32 and play that July 4th game in Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm looking at that Dallas to Philadelphia as being the... Well, yeah. well no, because we're talking about the quarterfinal, correct? The quarterfinal. No, it's the round of 16. The round of 16 is the Philadelphia July 4th game. Okay. So you have to have a round of 32 somewhere, probably in Texas. You have to say you have to move. Yeah, you got to have one. You, you got to have one of the Texas dates. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't have one of the Texas dates, then the 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 San, uh, the Santa Clara and Seattle dates are too close to that Philly match. You're not going to they're not going to put you there. Whatever. I want Holyfield. You know, I don't care. <laughs> Tell us to play whatever, wherever we're going to. Let's do it. Let's rock. Um. All right. So going back to the U.S., Los Angeles. Seattle, Los Angeles. How do we feel about that? I mean, I wish there was a little. I mean, I for the regionality aspect, I think it makes sense. Um, and it's that's an easy flight. I, I wish it was a little more spread out. Um, but it is what it is. Like I, I it's. I don't think it's necessarily, um, you know, anything you know, good or bad. I, I, the thing that I have an issue with. And I get it from the coach's perspective of why they did this in a world cup. That's this big with so many venues. I think it is a miss 
for FIFA to put all of these host nations where they're playing two games in the same stadium. That really, it, it actually makes things a little bit more difficult logistically for fans of those teams because those cities are going to be overrun with people for the better part of two weeks because that's going to be the home base for everybody because that's where the two games are going to be played. I think, especially even within the, within the region, they could have put us in, you know, Santa Clara for a game. I don't like that stadium. Um, that's just me, but at least that would have given you a third stadium for people to kind of break up and say, Hey, I can't make the LA game, but I can make this, you know, Santa Clara game or the Seattle game instead of realizing that if you're not in the LA area for basically three weeks and you can't make that trip for three weeks, you're missing out on at least two of those games. So uh, I thought that was the only thing that I didn't really understand why they did it. I, I I understand it from the coach perspective, but I don't understand from the fans perspective why they did this. When they talk about this being the most inclusive world cup ever, that is a miss from the fans perspective. It's not making it more inclusive. It actually makes things more difficult. Yeah. I do think that it is going to be beneficial the fact that they're playing in an enclosed stadium for two of these three group stage matches, because we talked about the weather being a possible being an issue. Uh, roof is going to let them play earlier in the day because it's going to well, be hot. Well, SoFi stadium is not a, a completely closed stadium. It just has a roof over it. The, the sides are open air. So you still getting, if it's 90 degrees outside, you're still getting it in, but it does get a breeze according to people that I know of. It just depends on what time of year it is. And as, as, as you know, they're not getting the best weather right now. Their, their weather's been kind of chaotic for the first part of 2024. But the issue is um, that game, I think because of the way it's set up right now, I really think that first one is going to be at night on the West Coast. That's going to be something or at least maybe something where it's a prime time for the East Coast and make it where everyone can tune in and watch. It's also, a, I want to say it's a Friday, right, um, game. Yes. So that's that lends itself to like having a seven o'clock start the whole basically tell you know, whoever's president tell the nation to take the day off. Right. But I think the issue is going to be those West Coast games for the United States fans. Do they set it for a late time? I think it depends on who we're playing, because as you mentioned earlier, if it's an, a European team, they're not going to put it at 10 o'clock on the East Coast seven o'clock local time because that's the middle of the night in Europe and no one there is going to be able to watch. They're going to try and put it at a, at a reasonable time here so that over there it might be nighttime for them, but it will maximize the number of people around the world who are able to watch these games. Do you think it's a miss that they didn't, they decided they haven't like committed to going to an MLS's back style schedule where games are 8 a.m. and 10 p.m. every day? I mean, some of the world's got to, I mean, half the world's got to work. Like, I mean, I would love it. Um, yeah. I, but like, I mean, people got to work. Just take notes from the, do they? the great competitions. The MLS is back turned. Yeah. Um, I also do want to note we should be using the FIFA nomenclature for these stadiums. So you're referring to the Los Angeles stadium. Not oh, and we got our answer game. after spending some time on the FIFA website. We got our answer for it will not be referred to as Arrowhead Stadium. It is just referred to as Kansas City Stadium. Okay, it works. It works. Yeah, I guess that's Arrow- right. Uh, I don't even know why they Arrowhead's not a not a corporate name, which is interesting. Which is weird because here's the other thing: BC Place actually is a corporation, but it was kept for the 2015 World Cup, the Women's World Cup, and as of right now, it is scheduled to remain in place for 
the 2026 World Cup. So I think that's interesting. Is Arrowhead is not a corporation, but is named after a team that is a corporation. So they're taking that off. But BC Place, which is named after a governmental corporation, is stay. Yeah. Azteca is the only one that kind of gets off scot-free here. And mm-hmm. I mean, well, no, it's a Stadio Azteca, Mexico City. Yeah. Well, no, no. Well, Estad- I don't know. Is there like Estadio is there a is, on that? No, no. Estadio Azteca is, is the name of the stadium. Like they're going to the the names that they have right now aren't necessarily names they're going to call it. Like I know we had that article that said it was going to be called Dallas Stadium. They're not changing anything at, for those guys. They're not changing like signage or anything like that. If you go to SoFi Stadium, it will still say SoFi outside. They may drape some cloth over like the big big thing on top for the aerial shots or whatever. But other than that, it's still going to look like SoFi Stadium is still going to read it on the stadium. They're just like broadcast is going to have to refer to it as Los Angeles Stadium or whatever they whatever they end up with. I mean, I wouldn't put it past FIFA to put up no, some this, drapes. It would be the very first time that they've done that in the history of the World Cup if they did it that way. They've never done it for any other World Cup. If you remember, um, they may have like temporary names for the stadium, but all of the stadiums that we went to in France, they like Groupama, uh, the Lyon for the Women's World Cup, Groupama Stadium was still there. It just they called it FIFA Stadium Lyon or whatever they whatever they referred to it as on the broadcast. Interesting. But there's yeah. nothing outside the stadium that says, oh, this is now FIFA Stadium Lyon. They don't change any of that because they don't have the rights to do that. Like the stadium, like it's contracts are involved. Let's put it that way. Yeah. All right. Well, we kind of got through the notes and bolts of it. I think it's time to talk about the important things. Um, Kevin Hart, he <laughs> he did he did a heck of a job turning that uh, that special into. Also, what was Gianni Infantino wearing? He's wearing he, a like, suit hoodie. Yeah, but like He's Kevin Hart Miami. looked like he was Kevin Hart looked like he was freezing in that like light polo while Gianni was all layered up. Like he was going to Canada. He, that was a real I, Miami so look for him. I didn't get to watch it, so I only saw some pictures. The problem is, like Johnny Infantino's outfit, like could have worked. It, it's a proof that like a cool outfit can't fix being a loser. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the right person wears that, and like, it looks good. But like when you're a loser, there's there's only so many things you can do to not look like a loser. And that is um, today he felt stupid um, when he put that on. Well, it's it's also there was no rhyme or reason to what was being worn. Right, he was wearing the suit hoodie, uh, as you mentioned. Kevin Hart was wearing like the polo and jeans. Like he, you know, he just like I just threw this on to wear around the house. Um, you know, Jenny Jenny Taff was in a, in, a, in a dress. You know, looked looked magnificent as always. She's 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 amazing. Shout out Jenny. Um, uh, Andres Cantor was in a suit. Uh, Magli or Victor Montagliani was in a suit, and then you had like Drake in like a velour jumpsuit. Like, what, like there was no right, and then you had the you had Kim Kardashian with the like, she had, like the cardigan on. sweater that she only put one sleeve on, um, and a sports bra underneath. So it was like there was no rhyme or reason to what was what these people were, and so it didn't make you feel like is this a glitz? Is this a glamour? Or is this just a hey, we're just reading reading some you know, dates for you, and then we're going to get off the TV. Yeah, I do want to shout out, you know, there was a lot of, you know, belly aching about Kim Kardashian being on the uh, 
the broadcast is like the representative for like you know the U.S. cultural representative there. But shout out to her kid for giving Weston McKinney some love in front of the whole world. It's like, who's your favorite player? It's not Messi. It's not Ronaldo. It's it's our boy Wes. You yep. know, and it's like he Wes should be on that level with you know the the greats of the world. And I think that is a little moment in that hour-long show that was kind of a mess. But, like, that little moment is, like, that's what can make this tournament be out of this world incredible and life-changing for soccer in the U.S. It's that all of a sudden the heroes become guys like Weston McKinney. I think the uh, the other thing was they made us in, in true FIFA fashion, they made us wait way too long for the good stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. they're like, all right, we're starting with the opener. They started off that they gave to Mexico. Then they're like, and Canada. Everyone's like, yo, this is, we're on Fox, man. What are we doing here? Like what? No one cares about Canada. Talk, tell us the U S stuff first. <laughs> then you can talk about Canada. Then they waited till like, you know, four minutes left in the, in the, in the program to announce where the final was going to be. And they kept going through and they listed like every single round and explained how the rounds were going to work. And like, yo, that's stuff you say for the draw. Like, we don't care about how the rounds going to work. We know how they're going to work. Tell us where they just release the, the PDF so we can see the matrix. <laughs> that's all we we're looking for. This is a, it could have been an email. It could have been a tweet, like announce the, announce the, the opener, announce where the, where the three teams are playing real quick and then announce the final. And you could have released everything else after that. We didn't have to have to have a whole announcement for the bronze medal match. Nobody, nobody cared about the bronze medal match. Not even the teams that are in it care about that game. So you didn't have to have the whole and you know here here's what the here's what the ball here's what the trophy says and flipping around the trophy and doing all that stuff. That just give us the nitty gritty stuff. Make that a half hour. Talk about it if you want to, and then release everything else. I mean, would it be a FIFA event if it wasn't, you know, more than it needed to be? They did but. spare us like all the, you know, where they're like, okay, now we're going to have a song. Like yeah. like the the draw where it was three hours long. And I was like, yo, man, I feel like I'm in church. Like, <laughs> give me the servant or the servant. That, like, <laughs> that was the good part is they advertised Drake was going to be on. And then he was just talking about Canada. Right. <laughs> but exciting times. Um any other final thoughts on the match schedule that we don't have game times or opponents for? Yeah, now that we have the match schedule out, can we can we pick a twenty twenty seven women's World Cup site? That'd be that'd be nice. Now that yes. this is out the way, you can now work on that. So yeah, do that. Also, you can kind of just use the same schedule. Just you know, yep, use copy, a lot of the same paste. stadiums. Yeah, copy, copy paste. paste. Yeah, that that would be nice. All right, uh, Donald, where can people find you? At BlazingDW, or you can find me at StarsAndStripesFC.com. Jonathan? Uh, send all your Texas uh, love or hate for me hating Texas to uh, at JSlateSSP and uh, at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. Yeah, apologize, apologies to our boy John Arnold for the Texas slander. Um, <laughs> make sure you're subscribing to his wonderful newsletter. He, had, he did a great breakdown. Uh, on the schedule as well follow us uh on, subscribe to our patreon first off subscribe to our patreon patreon.com backslash podcast you can support our podcast um uh, all concacaf related content uh you can follow us on social medias at podcast 
or even shoot us an email, pocketcalf at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback. Rate, review, like, subscribe, all that nonsense. Uh, we're here to talk CONCACAF. Uh, World Cup 2026 is coming soon, but more importantly, so is CONCACAF Nation. So we're excited to talk about that in the coming months. We'll see you soon.